Hi friends, it's Kaylee here with Leif Hetland. We are just super excited about our topic today. Um, we're going to be piggybacking on what we talked about last week in the first part of Culture Shift. Um, Leif so brilliantly laid out, I, th I think he just has the most brilliant point of view on um, on the worldview, the political climate, the, the weather patterns of the world and what God thinks. And in our last podcast, we talked about what time are we living in? And talked about the Issachars, the, the Esthers, the Josephs, the Nehemiahs, and the place for kingdom people in these high influential places. And um, you, you did this brilliant overview of um, the top actors in the world right now, the, the, the four to five who are fighting for a unipolar position in the world and, and broke it down from unipolar to bipolar. And I love it so much. This topic, I feel like everyone in the kingdom needs to know about the history of the world um, and what God's doing and creating that bridge. So Leif, what would you like to say about what we talked about last week? I think it, first of all, uh, just a, a simple little thing that in the 70s, the believers, we had a phenomenal opportunity to impact. I was just thinking even when I was in, say, Sunday school in the early 70s, but because so much of the church at the time, we were trying to see how we could get out of here instead of how to bring Jesus into here because we didn't have the proper worldview so we didn't raise up in the Sunday school classes we talked stories about the Daniels and the Davids the giant slayers the giant killers but we didn't raise up a culture that was going to shape culture and it was kind of a more us against them so imagine that in the 70s that when we started if we had people that could understand the time and knew what to do and if the worldview was not so focused of how to get out of here but knowing that we were going to be around and there was going to be a new generation then you were thinking about strategically speaking and this is where I'm coming in where in a Sunday school class with people in an elementary school for an elementary school teacher high school what if we raised up the future philosophy professors that were the ethical professors what if we represented people even in creativities and arts uh, that could represent good news even in a covert way so that we were able to uh, shape and change culture so to some degree we left a gap we left the gap there and then in the next moment when we didn't have in the different spheres of influence in society we didn't have sons and daughters of glory mainly because we missed the time we didn't understand the time so I was just thinking about that even as I grew up but it's almost accidentally how God both chose me and brought me into getting a, a different worldview and now raising up other culture uh, changers culture shapers people that can disciple nations not just people we were mm -hmm. trying to disciple people while God was also calling us to disciple nations he says all authority has been given to me now all authority has been given to him but now I want you to go and I want you to disciple nations so how do we disciples nations as we baptize them to immerse them in father son and spirit we immerse them in family and we teach them from that paradigm a different view so we could have influenced the school teachers of the future we could have influenced the economy we could actually stop systemic poverty we could have gone in and dealt and so now God is raising up other people that have other worldview that are stepping into dealing with a lot of things that Papa God wanted his sons and daughters to do so I'm just saying that even as we looked at last week I'm an optimist. I'm looking at the world with, with a little knowledge I know half full. 
And when I'm coming from this, I'm coming from a God so loved the world. My paradigm is I love this world that God loves. And I want to love with his love the way he loves and love everyone that is in this world. So it's not this us against them. It is not the Democrats against Republican. It is not even what we're seeing here now that against Jews or Muslims. and I mean, if we are certainly believers that are against all these different people, how are we going to be able to represent the good news and being ambassador? This is not my home. I'm just a visitor here on this tiny little planet called Earth. This is not my home. I'm just a visitor, but I'm an ambassador and I'm representing heaven as an ambassador of love. And so does every one of us as believers. So no, how do we represent the king? And how do we represent the culture of that king? How do we represent that system where God has placed us to be and called us to be? So I have some good news and there are some tools available for sons and daughters of glory that you can use so that you can actually be a difference maker. That's powerful. I love it so much. If you haven't listened to the first podcast, stop what you're doing now and go listen to it because it is absolutely brilliant and it's a setup to what we're talking about today. Um, Last week, we answered the question, what time are we living in? Today, we're going to answer two questions. What is God doing in our generation and how do I invest my life? Um, Leif, what is God doing in our generation? Yeah, first, uh, I do want everyone to be aware that God is a generational God. So we asked the question, what is God doing in this generation? So we are not just necessarily just talking about what God is just doing in my life, but there is this generational move of God's spirit. Like you had the father, son, spirit. You have then cities and nation. You have Abram, Isaac, Jacob, and then you have nations. And if people have not listened to it, I've just done this message that I think is very applicable today. And that if you take the Psalm 24, where it says that the earth belongs to the Lord and the fullness of it. And Psalm 24 so beautifully describe everything and how God made it and everything else. But then he says, this is the generation of Jacob who seek his face. And then he talks, open up your heads, all of your gates, so that the king of glory may come in. And it just describes the generation and he uses this picture of Jacob. So the, the biggest thing that I want to just to focus on, because it's very difficult in the in a few minutes, I'm just giving some little taste. People mm. will eventually see throughout 2019, it will be one of my major topics right. is to, to, to actually start to release the Issachar anointing because one of the tribes is this Issachar anointing. And part of the GMA as a family of families is for every one of the sons and daughters to have this Issachar anointing and mandate and authority to understand, understand times but also knowing what to do. But then the second question that we said, what is God doing in this generation? It's not what God is not doing, but what That's is great, yeah. God doing? What is God up to? What What is it? This God who sits in heaven and he laughs. The God that sits on the throne, he rules and reign a universe. He's not nervous about everything that is going on. So when we are saying, we're just with our little minds looking at some of the little things that is taking place. But God himself, a sovereign God who rules and reigns, and he is very good at it. But the thing that is challenging from our side is he have chosen to do that with sons and daughters. And he has chosen to do it through a family system. So I wanted to give just a 
very simple for some people that have not heard me teach on the Agatha Reformation. I have just one slide, but just there has been different moves of God's Spirit. And if we did have the time, we could look all the way from pretty much the first church <laughs> to taking on a journey from pretty much the last 2,000 years and leading us up to where we are right now. I think it would be a phenomenal journey. And maybe when we do one of these schools, we have an opportunity to do more details here, just as trend watchers to see what God is doing and how God is eventually over and over again. Why did God show up? If that was what was happening in Wales in 1904, was that just a coincidence or was that connected what happened in, in South Africa? Or is there a connection what happened in Azusa Street and everything else? But to put it in a simple way, uh, eventually by 1517, there was another reformation taking place. The reason this is important is because there is another reformation coming and God is setting up this reformation. It's very different when you're talking about renewal. It's different when you're talking about revival than when you're also talking about reformation. The most famous, of course, of these reformation was the reformation where Martin Luther was one that God used. And as he was reading and studying the book of Romans, and he got this download of these 95 theses. And often when we're looking at people like that as heroes, these are people that pay the price so that we can play today. And it's always very important for us to honor the roots so that we can be entrusted with the fruits. So that's why we always have to go back there and to say, if you go to the average church, I did it, I think even yesterday in the school, mm -hmm. but at least I've done it several times lately. I say, how many of you are excited that you're saved by grace? And everybody waves the hand. But many of them not realizing if it was not for Martin Luther, these people, they would still have to go to a priest to try to have connection with the father. They didn't, they wouldn't have known how to read and write. And we wouldn't have the middle class out here because the, the average person out there, there was just a small group elite that was either part of a royal family or you had some other priestly that had the education, they had scriptures and they, they kind of were standing in the gap between heaven and earth and the people and they kept people oppressed so you pretty much had what we see today as a third world similar like some places in Africa that was the world that was Norway that was all over the world that we are seeing today so the, the world lived in a third world kind of an atmosphere and it was a system until this reformation came about and with the reformation it was also a beautiful renaissance there was other things that was taking place and the beautiful part of what we're seeing here with Martin Luther is this justification by faith and grace alone. It was a reformation of grace. Yeah. It is actually, it was connected to a value system that is so much of a God's love and God's grace that salvation is actually a gift to be received, not the problem to be achieved. The word of God, and it's interesting, even in the marketplace before that Gutenberg had a printing press, he used somebody in the marketplace, even with a creativity to be able to have the tools available so that the Bible was going to be available when he gave a revelation. So now the average person, people started to learn reading plans and from that reformation. So when you now start to get revelation yourself and you started to see who God is and who you are and you started to get an identity settled and you're saved by grace, you are so valuable that God paid a high price for you and people started to receive this and change and now got 
access themselves. They are becoming priests and becoming kings and stepping into this. And, and so there's a lot of things we can say that was tremendous and good that happened from that reformation. And there was weaknesses. And that's some of the things to learn. Because it still had an orphan heart, orphan spirit. Because right now they are protesters. That's where the Protestants came from. So we protest what the Catholic did. So let's not have this miracles because Catholics, they believe in miracles and make saints out of them. And let's not have fathers because that's, oh, they call themselves fathers. And so you ended up often as a reaction. So there was, not that everything was perfect, but it was something that God was up to. God was doing something and just being aware of that. And so many of us today benefits. I honor the Catholic Church. And that's another thing we are seeing today that is taking place, that God is bringing uh, actually us together in a way we've never seen before, both the Catholics and Protestants, because he never wanted all these divorces to take place. And that's what we saw, the denominationalism and everything else because of this orphan thing, because part of the core value with that reformation was that if you agree with me you say amen and we stay together but if you disagreed you got divorced and right. you started another orphanage another denomination another church and it just continued to split which was never intended on the father's heart but because the core value is you need to believe right and you need to believe to eventually behave and then if you behave you could go get belonging in the end and then that continues. So, but by 19, uh, we know, of course, what happened in Azusa Streets in 1906. And, but there was another setup that started to take place because the church was powerless. It was not necessarily influence a society. It has become a religious system. And God wanted the Holy Spirit to show up. And Azusa Street became the birthing point of another reformation. And then you can kind of trace the waves that has been going on ever since. And it's been phenomenal to see even as you're following those waves, if that was early on with the Pentecostals and see the price, and that's why I honor the Pentecostals, because even with the roots of the Pentecostal, and on my mom's side, uh, they came where Tommy Barrett went to Azusa Street, came back again to Oslo, to Philadelphia, and he went to Switzerland. You could see how Pentecostalism, but they were the nobodies. They were if you wanted to go even in the 50s to find a Pentecostal or a spirit-filled church, it would be on the other side of the track. Many of them were being persecuted, kicked out of the family because now they were speaking in tongues. and uh, So there was an outpouring of the Spirit. But now it was not just for Pentecostal. Later on, we saw the Latter-day Rain movement. And, and I know there were some abuses and it always came. But we started to see the fivefold started to be restored. You started to see also other move of God's Spirit, like with the Bennett, with the Episcopal Church, got filled with the Spirit, and you started to see the Catholic renewal. And you see all of these different traces, just bits and pieces, how God started to pour His Spirit. Then the vineyard, John Wimber came along, and the vineyard was kind of a bridge builder that just coming in that everybody gets to play. So a lot of the movement that we are part of, we honor also John Wimber. Before there was Vineyard and Calvary Chapel, a lot of the Jesus movement that came. But John Wimber and Chuck Smith and some of those other guys also had a tremendous influence of where we're at today. And so we build on that. We honor that. And what John Wimber was more instead of the superstars that came around through some amazing gift that we saw in the great healing revivals like the William Branham and, and many of the A.A. Allen and many of these yeah. other people, the Oral Roberts, to we see and I know every single, every individual. So some of the things we do now in our family, GMA, as a family or battle or global awakening is connected to this. It's not, no, everyone here gets to play. 
It's not you watching one person to play, and it was more to impart than empower. So we see that. But I, I believe we're in the middle of another inlet of transition. We see in this spirit moving and what happened in Toronto in January 94, what happened on Father's Day in Pensacola 95. And I had a joy of riding all these waves. But then you start to see that inlet of transition that is taking place. Another wave is coming and it starts to build up. So from a kingdom, what God is doing, you start to see the first one restore Jesus. And then the second one restored the Holy Spirit. Now the Father is about to be restored. And it was on Father's Day Pensacola hit. It was not the Toronto blessing. They called it the Father's blessing. And it was almost like Toronto was more, Papa came to play with his children. That's where you saw a lot of joy and everything else because somehow, they, and it brought such a healing to the body and, and people didn't always understand it in the early stage. Today, the fruits from that is my life. Heidi Baker, many of you, all the ones that was touched from this and God used Randy Clark in a beautiful way. In a small little place, God showed up and the world came there. But this is connected, and it is the starting point, the birthing point of a new reformation that is coming. And that is when God is restoring his family, because he doesn't want a billion orphans. He wants a billion sons and daughters. So this is the billion sons harvest that we're heading That's into. Right. But what he's doing then, to do that, he wants to restore family. And he doesn't want the churches to operate as orphanages, because despite of Jesus and the Holy Spirit that we had, we still ended up with... A lot of the superstars started to fall and we watched it on television, some of the superstars and top leaders in the churches and all of those because you were still in an orphan system. And God, he wants his family back and he wants to restore the identity back of sons and daughters. And that's part of the movement that I've been able to write because it's also going to create missiologically a family that is going to touch the families on the earth and is going to bring the love and how the world is going to see we are his disciples because we have learned how to love well. So to put that in a simple way, we are living during the greatest time that the world has ever seen. Absolutely. There's the tsunami wave of love. Some people are riding the second wave and they are forgetting about taking the surfboard and position themselves for this new wave that is coming, which is this new agape reformation. And this is going to be a baptism of love. The first one symbolized with a baptism of water. The second one, baptism of the spirit. This one is a baptism of love. And wow. when we get comfortable with love, we're going to get comfortable with God and we're going to love one another and we're going to love this world the way that God loves this world. That is going to start something that we've never seen before. And the power and wisdom that is needed that is going to come from sons and daughters of glory is about to be revealed in a way that we've never seen before so we're right in a, there's that tension between similar what we see what's happening secular in the as we're moving into as i'm saying this multi-polar wall as that is positioning and everybody is you see it also in the spirit realm that this agape reformation is coming and God is restoring his family on earth. And it was so beautiful to be at the voice of the apostle and listening to fathers and to see this tread from mm. different people like my friend Bill Johnson and Randy Clark and Mark Sharon and Dr. Tom Jones and Bishop Joseph. It's the same tread everywhere. But we were like a big, big family. That's how we felt like. And it was, we're not competing one another. We are completing one another. It's just, it's phenomenal. So anyway, there's many great things that God is up to. And we are yes. living during the greatest time, but it's going to require a whole shift hmm. in way of thinking. Uh, so we can't operate the way we did before. You can't continue. And this is the hard part for people is when the, the, when the season change, when you go from springtime to summertime and then you're moving into harvest 
and we're moving into harvest time right now, then you need to prepare and you need to get ready. You, you operate differently. The way you do things is differently during this season than it was in a previous season. And it's important for people to be able to learning how to move into the next transition. And that's a frustrating thing. So if I ask people to say, how many of you are in the middle of a transition? And of course, we are always in transition. Right. <laughs> but the tension between that, how to navigate those seasons mm -hmm. is very important based upon the two things we've talked about. First of all, understanding what's going on in the world, understanding mm -hmm. the time that we're living in. Second of all, see what God is doing so you don't get distracted by what the enemy is doing. That's because scary. I can tell you what the devil is doing and what the enemy is up to. But then you also, he's trying to divide. Why? Because God is trying to unify. So the prophetic people, then when you see that, there's no reason to give a diagnosis what the enemy is doing as a prophetic people, but it is starting to release the word of God of how he wants to unify. If that's the racial tensions that we see, the attack that we are seeing, even politically landscape, economically, some of the things that looks like everything is going good, but some of the things that is about to be exposed, that's where we are stepping in as sons and daughters of glory. Absolutely, and I, I love this so much because the world's top thinkers in the secular world, um, the question they're asking, their greatest works, their books are written on the subject of identity. And you're exactly right that there's a mirrored effect happening in the world, in the church, that God is restoring family in the church, but he, he's doing it on a global level. He's doing it secular. Mm -hmm. Like this, there's this amazing um, philosopher from Princeton University. He wrote a book called The Ethics of Identity. and he just fleshes out what the world is crying out for in this person's lifestyles, opposite of kingdom values. And, and these are the people who are, are building culture in the world. Like a lot of our universities, our education system, um, the, the marketplace, they're thinking this way because of these top thinkers and the influence they have. So it is so phenomenal and, and so important to know what God is doing so that we can partner with him um, in the world. So if he's going after this thing of identity, it's the exact season that he wants you to walk into. He wants to restore that on the inside of you so that you can influence the world around you of knowing who you are, what you're here for. It's amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's amazing. All right, third question. How do I invest my life? How do I, I buy into this thing that God is doing in the world? Like, What is my, my part to play? No, I, and I think it's very important, first of all, then, to step into our identity. Yeah. It's so important that you need to know who you are and whose you are in this season. Because if not, what we do is we're trying to discover our destiny without having the identity. That's the danger in this season. So we're trying, how do I fit into this and what do I need to do? Mm -hmm. That's the tendency. Instead of first, I do believe we need to do something, but first, what do I need to be? That's so, great. so two simple things, who is God to you? And from there, I think that the simplicity of that answer should be for anyone that have the proper identity. And I, I did it this morning before I went out of bed. So I said, who are you to me? And he said, I am your papa. I am your father. Hmm. And then the next thing is, Papa God says, son, who are you to me? And I said, I am your son. I am your wow. beloved son. So I'm saying the starting point comes, there's a resting place. The one that rules and reigns this universe, he is my father. Yes, he is a king who rules and reigns the universe. So some of the royal heart that is coming in, 
is part of that. But that's not from an arrogance perspective, because you also see that there was a God that became flesh, that came in and took a towel, and the way that we are eventually moving in and using that royalty for servants to serve, there's not significant, but when royalty serves and take towels and starts to meet some of the needs, it does something that changes the environment. So when suddenly people know who you are and whose you are, and then you can take a towel and you see royalty going down and washing feet and touching lepers, when you are stepping into that equation and starting to love the way that he loves, it changes something. So it starts with that identity. The second that is needed here, and it's connected to my book called The Rain, mm -hmm. The Three Cheers, is just the intimacy element. It's very important in this season is to have an intimacy with God, but also intimacy to, to being aware. It's a, it's a heart journey, making sure that we live and love from a whole heart, wholehearted living. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about whole in a sense of not a hole in it, but whole, W-H-O-L-E. <laughs> that in a sense, it is a heart journey. If you're going to navigate the future, you need to navigate it with the heart of royalty. And you can see that with David. So you can navigate because that's capture your father's heart. So in the next moment, servants is just waiting for instruction to know what to do. But with a heart is like capturing the heart of the father in different situations and access to his heart and his very heartbeat. And there's such an intimacy with that heartbeat. So Jesus says, all I do is what I see my father do and I say what my father says. So the second has being connected to intimacy from that. The, the third one I talk about is the inheritance, mm -hmm. having an awareness of everything that Jesus paid for on the cross. There's all these precious things that is available. And Jesus says, as I am, so are you in this world. He said, as the Father sent me, I also send you. So to be able to understanding now in the next moment, what is in my account? What is available to me? And that's why I'm saying you, you have to have the identity because that is the master key to the family account. But you also have the intimacy so that that you're, steward, you're stewarding what God is giving in this season in the right way. And then the third one, then see the inheritance, that all these things that is in heaven that is available for us to solve the things that is going on here on earth. So whatever is the issue, there's something there in heaven that is available that Jesus paid for that you and I get to represent as sons and daughters that are being led by the Spirit because the kingdom is in the Spirit. It is not about eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit. So the kingdom is in the spirit, and then you will find a righteousness, meaning we're doing the things right, the way that God does things. And we have a peace, and that's why blessed are the peacemakers, because they are the sons and daughters of God. And so that's what God wants us to do, is to be peacemakers, ambassadors of peace and reconciliation. If that's in marriages and that's in school system, we are representing his peace. But to do that, we have to have peace in our hearts to be able to bring his peace. And it is his peace, not our peace. But it becomes our peace. And so the peace that is on me when you go to a house, Jesus says, bring that peace. Bless this house and then bring that peace with you. So that's the other thing that you will see with us. So I do believe that the, then you're stepping into destiny. What is your uniqueness, your special mm -hmm. sauce? And for some people, it is like, wow. And now we're dealing with a large topic that we've dealt with before, even dreaming with God. Right. 
and some of that what what are you weeping over what are some of the things that you're seeing and for some of us it is the going in and being influencers and meeting with governments and kings and standing before that that requires something different than say a school teacher they would say thank god it is monday and they will step into that classroom and they will see each one of those students from heaven's view and restoring the identity to those students bringing some of the value system and the school teacher maybe said but what i'm not able to talk about jesus here you can influencing with the presence of jesus and bringing that into every heart of those students and you can bring the value system of the kingdom in such a way that the students there should be the best students with the best scores and it's going to influence in the homes and everything else when you do and learn how to do covert revival well well other ones is neuroscience and I have some people that are doing neuroscience I have one of our guys now that is just phenomenal moving into people that are struggling with their identity the transgender the lesbian the homosexual and everything and he, he was so transformed that now he is a transformer and is transforming a whole community and so it's different people have different assignment of how to be able to represent love and represent joy represent peace but that's uh, uh, when we are one in him and he is one in us, that's what we're going to start to learn how to live out. It's going to be important also, practically speaking, become financially free in this next season. Wow. Yeah. It's going to be financial freedom. So that's a, we could do a whole session on kingdom economics and financial freedom. So I'm encouraging people, if you're in debt in this season, financial debt, and no fear or anything else, but there is freedom. You cannot serve two masters. You're going to serve either God or mammon. And the one you will serve is the one that meets your need. So when money needs your meat instead of God, you're going to serve money. But what you're doing then when you're in debt is that you owe this world system something. And it is part of the reason we cannot speak up on different issues. But a lot of the resources and finances we spend with interest on a lot of the systems. So let me at least start with on depreciating items do not getting into debt. Second, I will become free from it, asking God, and there are supernatural plans you can get quickly out of debt in the supernatural. Loaves and fishes to feed a multitude, so you have the 12 baskets left over to be able to be free. So become free in this season, because whom the sun set free is free indeed. Because you, when you have that freedom, there's other creativity that flows. But when you wake up in the morning, and often this is one of the biggest giants that people have, is that they're waking up in the morning and think about how I'm gonna pay for this, how I'm gonna pay for gas, how I'm going to, this world system, I owe, I owe, and off the work I go, wow. and you have to serve this system and paying interest into the system to finance certain things of the system. And so you're underneath Pharaoh and his system, and you're selling your time and your talent to a system instead of have freedom. So I believe that God wants to set his people free. It's like the whole Moses thing. I want my people free. Set my people free and becoming free. And it's time to going into a promised land, developing a promised land, and dealing with the giants that are in a promised land. So our promised land, we are not going and spending our time in the wilderness. It's time for God's people to get out of the wilderness and not just asking for manna today and manna tomorrow. And there is a season for that, but the next season now is to cross Jordan, going into that promised land. Take that promised land that he has for you and he has for the people, your family, for your community, and to be able to see heaven being established on earth wow wow wow! you know and this is for every person to have influence in their world where god has them i was just thinking 
I have a friend who owns a pressure washing business and the supernatural power, like the supernatural things that happen in his world, it's awe inspiring. He has faith for yellow jackets. He would tell stories of like a yellow jacket um, hive in the corner and he would just pick it up and his workers would be looking at him and he'd say, not today, you can't be here today. Wow. Just having influence in your area and staying in your lane is so amazing. And I love the insight on the financial freedom of a practical thing to go after in this next year. And I've seen it in your life and it's something that you've challenged all of us here is, is also dealing with the things, like dealing with anything where there's no clarity. Like anything that's being held in the middle that you're waiting on answer on, like showing up to those things and facing them to prepare you to step into fully what God has for you in 2019. So I think that's another thing to to encourage everyone who's listening is like think of those things that you don't have answers on that need clarity and go after that. It would it would help create the freedom in your life. And I know that's personally that's what I'm going after as well and, and it's creating incredible freedom. Um, but let's do a quick recap. We've talked about a lot in the past two podcasts. We are talking about overall being a, a culture changer, shifting the culture around you and how we do that. And there's three basic questions that we've answered. It's what time are we living in? What is God doing in this generation and how do I invest my life? And and digging into that third question, it's how you invest your life. It has everything to do with being and not doing. It's your identity. That's the question that the world is asking, who am I? Mm-hmm. And God is asking you the question, who are, who, who are you to me? And God's asking, okay, who are you to me? And I love that. It's um, wholehearted living, yeah. you know, not living with a hole in your heart, but wholly living, fully healed. You know, and you have another point of, um, that's the intimacy element. You have inheritance, which is we are ambassadors of heaven. God sent us here hmm. to represent his kingdom, bring heaven to earth. And then the third is destiny. What is your special sauce? What is the thing that only you can do? And Leif fleshes this out in his book called Durain. So I'd encourage you to really um, go online and, and get that resource. It's an amaz- amazing, incredible resource. But Leif, thank you so much hmm. for leaning your heart and the wisdom that you've shared. It's really invaluable and so important. Do you have any last words? No, I just think that we have some tools available now that we're just releasing actually this week. We have the Rain and Life Academy, and we're very grateful for that. But we're also now making just the product of that. And I encourage people, first of all, to get rooted and grounded in love by receiving, becoming, and releasing love. So we have this upgrade in love 12 video series where I'm bringing in the best people like Heidi Baker and Sean Bowles and David Wagner to be able to look at that so that because that needs to be in the foundation of everything and then we are tapping people into the power because he has not given us a spirit of fear but power love and a sound mind and so I'm just saying that that's also and Bill Johnson Randy Clark Jeff Yoon and other ones we're interviewing that 12 video set it's worth for people to invest and then in the next season if they've invested in that now some of the things we're talking about now is going to be more in the wisdom series and that's what we are now preparing and getting ready so we will launch that next but I think it could be even good for people even if they don't can go on the Rain and Life Academy or sign up for some of that you can now just get the product out of it meaning you can get the video watch it over and over again so that that's something you become what would it look like what would it look like if we became love it was not just that we knew love but we became love to this world and what would it look like if we tapped into the fullness of power that is available to a life an intimate life with a friend named the holy spirit the same holy spirit that jesus totally depended on and lived a supernatural life in a natural way and then the next thing, how would it look like when the wisdom of God, when we will be wise in this season? Because wisdom is going to be needed in everything 
that we are talking about. It's all, it's not always about what is the right thing to do, but what is the wise thing to do in every area of life. And 90% of the problem people are struggling with, it's actually a wisdom problem. And it's the consequences, either financially or health. We didn't know how to eat. We didn't know what to do with knowledge. And there's all this knowledge out there. Under the, over 150,000 self-help books. But wisdom is knowing where to get what is needed out of that knowledge and how to apply it. So we want to release wisdom over every one of the sons and daughters. So that's some tools that we make available. And I encourage people just to be able to get hold of it. Yes, check it out on our website at www.globalmissionawareness.com. Leif, thank you, thank you, thank you. I have no words. That's amazing. Will you bless us quickly? Father, I just uh, want to remind you that you are a good, good papa. And I thank you that every person that are listening, that we are so much loved by you. And I'm so grateful, Father, for the way that you love people. I thank you, Father, that you love this world so much. You value everybody. And I thank you that that's part of the reason it's so important for each one of us to step in to this whole equation where every person is very, very valuable. And the way we value that and the way we value ourselves. So I'm just even asking now, Father, for that spirit of wisdom and revelation to rest upon us. And that we are going to raise up a whole generation of the sons of Issachar that understand the times, but they also know what to do. Full of love, full of power, and full of wisdom. And I thank you, Father, for people that are going to shape homes and classrooms that is going to stop drug addiction or solve homeless problems or addiction, the opiates addiction, any issue and giants that is out there. I thank you, Father, that you are raising up giant slayers for such a time as this that can deal with the giants, bring glory to God and see all over this world giants coming down. And I thank you, Jesus, you as the ultimate giant slayer, that you are going to rule and reign in every area of life. Thank you that we are born for such a time as this. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. amen.